It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken parm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. We are going strong every single day. A lot of the stuff you're going to hear for the rest of the week is uh, a little pre-recorded, so don't hate me. Yesterday, I was on Noah Garner's show. It's called On the Line. It's on uh, ESPN 106.7, the station uh, th- th- that I work for as well as our sister station and the other side of the state, a Fox Sports affiliate that hits a lot of the state of Alabama, kind of up and down that 280 corridor. So if you like what you hear, oh, I guess I'll show you what we're doing. So I joined his show yesterday for uh, two segments. So we're going to take a quick break here in just a moment, then have two longer segments. Um, yeah, so hopefully you guys enjoy it. And if you enjoy this kind of thing, Noah covers this stuff. Every single day. He's also really big into SEC baseball. He's mentioned that before when he's been on a guest on on this show. But big fan of what Noah Garner and Levi Fitzwater do. So if you like that, search on the line wherever you get your podcasts. Before we jump into that, today's show brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. The best tasting protein bar ever. They've improved this thing. It's passed the taste test by tons of people. Everybody that orders it messages me and is like, hey, this is incredible. Thank you so much. Um, and, uh, well, really, th- thank you for, for trying Built Bar and, and um, you know, supporting the folks that support the Lockdown Podcast Network. So my favorite, uh, I love salted caramel, peanut butter brownies, one of my favorites, but all their bars co- covered 100% in chocolate. And it's amazing because all of these bars are good for you. Low calorie, high protein, low sugar, and some of them have virtually no sugar. So, Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. So go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com for 15% off. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This is a little bit of a throwback. I've been on as a guest. I haven't really been on as kind of a, a pseudo co-host role. This is old school, brother. This That's is right. the lunch break circa what year was that? 20... 2017. 17. There we go. So, yeah, man, I'm excited to, uh, to be on for more than just a segment today. Yeah, people didn't catch up with us yesterday. Programming note, Levi had a car wreck last week, and he's still going through a bit of a recovery but, but we've he is got some good better. news yes, right that's yeah. right he is good. getting better and he will be back with us soon no timetable on that yet but he will be back with us soon and then lance is out of the office today as well so that's how we've got the tag team duo back the lunch break back in the house what i hear is i'm like seventh string on your roster but that's okay that's not that's true. fine my that's feelings aren't true. hurt at all johnny manzel was a third stringer before he became a heisman candidate that's all i've got to oh, say stop it baker mayfield was a walk-on just saying stop it what about jj watt also a walk-on, sure. just saying. So sure. 
We got a good show for you guys today here on ESPN 106.7 and on Fox Sports Central Alabama. We're going to open it up with some SEC news, but we will translate it to Auburn here because we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Tyke Smith, the West Virginia transfer from the safety position, is headed to Georgia to replenish one of like six guys that left the Georgia defensive backfield they lost like six starters back there whether it's to the NFL draft or whether it's to transfer they have lost pretty much their entire defensive backfield and Tyke Smith goes to bolster that but we saw him linked to Auburn before he ended up going to the rival across the border this week we are doing our 8A depth chart series tomorrow with the cornerback position Tyke Smith maybe not a cornerback but before we get to Auburn's cornerback position your thoughts on the Georgia defensive backfield adding Tyke Smith at a position that they very much very very much so need help yeah and it's weird when you look at the recruiting resumes for both Auburn and for Georgia it's a little odd to say this but Georgia probably needed him more than Auburn did and we talked about this when I was on the show last week about how it's uh it's kind of crazy that these top DBs, both from West Virginia, interestingly enough, but you know, obviously Drayshawn Miller, it's like why why is Auburn a target for for guys like that? Because if I'm them, I want an easy path to playing time at a contender. And so I think Auburn is kind of in that top tier where you know people would want to play there, but it's not an easy path to playing time because I don't like I still don't know where Miller fits in to all of this I every think time gonna... I ask somebody this question they always have to to you know pull strings of yarn across the across the thumbtack board trying to move guys around to make it work and or, it, or maybe it just doesn't work or they just kick out Jalen Simpson and I'm like that is so unfair to Jalen Simpson I or mean Ladarius Tennyson yeah and moving to safety sure and like I don't think that's happening and it's like Nehemiah Pritchett you got to keep him on the field from an analytics standpoint. He was fantastic last year. And of course, Roger McCreary is untouchable. But I think people forget that Jalen Simpson won the job last year. He came out of nowhere. And I, I think that's something that a lot of people forget because he got hurt against Kentucky, started against Kentucky as this redshirt freshman. And people were like, oh, when the first depth chart came out, they're like, dang. Didn't even talk about him all summer. We whiffed on that, and I'll raise my hand very proudly for that. Um, I was very high on Nehemiah Pritchett going into last season because, you know, his time behind Noig Benogany, the, you know, the previous seasons. But, yeah, I mean, props to Jalen Simpson. He was very good when he played. It was just a little limited because of uh, because of injuries. But, I mean, this, this Auburn defensive backfield is stacked, absolutely loaded. And so the interesting thing about all of this is, is with the exception of McCreary, which is a tad ironic because I think he's the best guy, they're all very versatile. I could see Jalen Simpson playing a lot in the middle of the field. Nehemiah Pritchett, we were seeing him as that, some people are calling it nickel, some people are calling it that slot corner position, and I think the coaching staff is actually calling it slot corner. Correct me if I'm wrong there. but uh, it, So it's, it's interesting to see that because in the past it's been more of a safety mold when in the NFL you see more of a corner mold there, which... The league is passing more, so do you want corners covering slot receivers and tight ends and guys like that that are out there? Personally, I, I prefer that. Personally. Could Christian Tut cover? No. 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 I'd and much... guess what? Auburn Auburn definitely did not benefit from that. Uh, correct. Correct. And so, um, but then like he would go down and Tennyson would come in. I'm like, all right, here we go. The Tennyson struggled there too. So like, was that an experience thing? Was that what was being asked of that position? I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question, but... 
But uh, all in all, I mean, just my thoughts on, on, on the defensive backfield for the Tigers, I absolutely love it. And I even love the depth of the safety position because mainly with the three guy right now, it appears Smoke Monday and Ladarius Tennyson are the favorites to start at safety. But then Chris Thompson Jr. is a guy that I keep hearing really, really good things about. In fact, I thought if you know they were going to keep Tennyson at that inside corner slash nickel position, that uh, that Chris Thompson Jr. had a chance to be a starter as a redshirt freshman slash true freshman, whatever you want to call it with these weird COVID eligibility stuff. So, yeah, I mean, they're stacked. And this Auburn defensive backfield, we're splitting it up for our A-Day depth chart series. We're going to do cornerbacks tomorrow, and then we will do safeties next week. Do you have starters? Since you won't be on with us tomorrow, do you have starters across the board for that cornerback position yeah I mean Roger McCreary and then I think the other side right now based on what we've seen you have to go with Jalen Simpson because I think they're comfortable with Nehemiah Pritchett in the middle of the field I think that's kind of where we're at with all that so does that mean Tennyson's gonna end up at safety I think so I think he's starting at you know uh, and he, he's at probably gonna be the guy that's strong safety I think I, that's strong safety because smoke was at free safety yeah, last year. yeah yeah I was about to say I like him more at, at strong safety because free safety is kind of your your last line of defense you know in that deep thirds I kind of want smoke Monday back there the experience because the big thing with Tennyson and we saw it in his limited playing time in the middle of the field last year which from a footwork standpoint it's not a whole lot different when you're lining up off ball in the middle of the field you know at a nickel slash inside corner versus a safety like your footwork's not that much different. Your perspective is different. Your roles are a little bit different, but your footwork and your first step and all that is pretty similar. And that's where he struggled. It was his his first few steps as far as play recognition and just being comfortable away from the line of scrimmage. You put all these guys closer to the line of scrimmage, they were a lot more comfortable, but you can't do that as a safety, obviously. So that's going to be interesting to see because when they recruited this guy, they're like, okay, he's really athletic. He can be all over the field. He can cover all kinds of grass. We just got to find a role for him. And so last year it was as a nickel, and then this year I think it's as a safety. A starting safety. Who's your fourth cornerback? It's more oftentimes now I guess it has to be not. Miller. Is it Dreshawn Miller? I, I would assume so. I think you bring him in because maybe you don't like what's down the depth chart. We haven't seen too much of Domeo up to this point. And we definitely haven't seen any of the other names because nobody ever talks about them. And I'm having a hard time recalling some of the other names at quarterback. I, I guess Drayshawn Miller is the guy. I mean, we've heard so many good things about Marco Domeo, and he got reps as a starter last year. And you know, we talked with you know Derek Mason a few years ago, and he's licking his chops at the linebackers, but also he's like, yeah, I've got corners, six starting corners in my cornerback room. You know, not many defensive coordinators throughout the country can say stuff like that. And they're solid. It's not like they started out of, you know, it was the only option. I mean, Domeo in the bowl game, maybe, maybe. But all in all, like, it's still, I mean, absolutely stacked. A lot of teams wanted Marco Domeo coming out of the the junior college ranks. So, I just, you've got to think, with the amount of schools that wanted Miller from West Virginia, that something was maybe not promised, but hey, you are definitely going to get the chance to start. You just got to have, like... And you're going to play. He's going to get on the field. Yeah. You got to believe that, right? Like, you don't come here if, you, if you're not... In his situation, surely. But I just don't know who he knocks out. I guess if I had to pick, like, I think Nehemiah Pritchett is better than Jalen Simpson. Like, if I had to pick it. I know I just went on this rant on that like, people forgot about Jalen Simpson and all that. But 
Um, it's weird when corners wear numbers in the 30s. Like, that's awkward. Just quit doing that. So, like, I think that's an automatic knock that's against Jalen Simpson. Number. Or maybe a running back. Maybe. A fullback. That's a fullback and a kicker number. Yeah. Yeah, like a fullback with, like, uh, one of those neck pads. You know what I mean? Yes, that's what that is very accurate, which we don't see enough of those today. Anybody wearing a neck pad out there, if you're a linebacker wearing a neck pad, you instantly become one of my favorite players in football. I'm trying to think of uh, solid Auburn players recently in the 30s. I'm going to put you on the spot Camp here. Camp Petway? When he 36? Am I making that up? I can't remember. Okay. Sorry, I can't remember. No, it's fine. You can't remember either. No, nope, I'm not mad about it. I just I, I don't remember. I'm going to put you on the spot here because yeah. you like to do this when we go to lunch. Name your favorite number 34 in football. Currently? That's fair. I just said 34, and that's Bo Jackson. We'll get a little bit. We'll get a tougher number than that. 36. Currently? Sure or was ever. Cam, was Cam Petway 36? <laughs> we need to go back and look. I'm going to look this up now. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Like For some reason, the only 30 that's popping into my head right now is 33 for the New England Patriots, that's Jawan Williams, the corner out of Vandy. That's the old, I've got like a major block Petway right now. Petway did wear 36. The Camp Petway is my answer. There you go. There you go. I don't know why I remembered that. <laughs> we'll, we'll be eating at lunch, and somebody will put a number down for our table, and it could be like 47. You'll be like, name your favorite 47. I'll be like, ah! We never get a good number. Like, we never get 12. We never get 81. Like, we, we always get, like, the a... The day we get 12 at a table will be a long conversation because you think about all the 12s yeah. that have came through football. Of course, yours is Tom Brady. There's no doubt. But, but there's I've, still a conversation to be had. 18 is a great number. 81, 87. I mean, there, yeah. Yeah. But we always get terrible numbers. Like, like 47. Uh, 47 or, <laughs> I guess, uh, 36. Uh, you know, <laughs> and, and things like that. 52. Yeah. And it's like, gosh, we got to pick like a guard, you know, or something like that for 50. So, yeah. Yeah. Wild stuff. That's Wild excellent. Stuff. That's excellent. People are listening to this wanting Levi back. I can just tell. <laughs> <laughs> On the other side of this break, we will talk some NFL draft stuff. What does that mean for Auburn? As we are, we, you know, it's draft month. You know, believe it or not, we're only like three weeks away from the NFL draft, which begins on April 29th going through May 1st. So we'll talk a little bit about what some Auburn guys are going through and their pre-draft workouts and getting ready for the draft. And then we'll also talk about some of the other things that have happened in the NFL this week, namely Sam Darnold to the Panthers. How does that change the draft landscape? Spicy. Teams that we thought were going to take quarterback – probably not taking or probably not taking quarterback at least the Panthers aren't I mean the Panthers are on that list now the Jets definitely are <laughs> yes. at, at two there were talks about them possibly trading back but uh but yeah yeah lots to talk about you're listening to Locked on Auburn today's show brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag you hear us say it all the time it's the best place to bet on all of your sports action sure college football NFL college basketball's over but Things are really just getting started at betonline.ag. The NBA is going, professional baseball's going. At this point, just bet against the Braves. That is not betting advice, but man, it's just, uh, that's been tough. But real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Uh, they've got you covered for everything. News, scores, odds, everything at betonline.ag. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months, 
or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Before we get into draft, you know I love talking about the draft. Now, you asked you asked me my starting uh, corners. It sounds like we're pretty close, but I, I was just kind of curious your thoughts. Yeah, so in our previous segment, Zach and I discussed the cornerback position. We're going to be doing our A-Day depth chart series tomorrow, so I'm going to give an inside look at my starters here for the cornerback position. Roger McCreary is untouchable. The guy is the number one cornerback he's cb1 here on the on the roster so i think without a doubt roger mccreary untouchable let, let me ask you this about roger mccreary since i think our order is gonna be pretty similar to spice it up a little bit do you want to see roger mccreary locked down one side of the field or do you want to see him follow specific guys Ooh, i haven't thought about this Derek mason loves switching things up he's done both whether it was at vanderbilt or stanford do you think um, do you think he follows the you know the the, the best the, receiver? Yeah, or does he always go? Would you oh, prefer man. him to always go to the field side versus the boundary? I mean, what are your thoughts? I would like to see him follow. I think I would too. I think I would too. If if they run a lot of man, which in the past under Kevin Steele, like I really hated it when they ran zone. I feel like a lot of people were just lost. It's so much easier if you're just like, hey, I'm better than you. Let's play man, which they've been able to do with guys like Noah Benogany and Roger McCreary, you know, as of late. So. Jamel Dean, I mean, even Carlton Davis. So, yeah, I, I, I'm I, with you. I would like them to follow, guys. Unless there's some heinous mismatch, like if the number one wide receiver for the other team ends up being the fastest human being alive, then, but then again, you know, how do the, you know, does Auburn really have that fast of a secondary to be able to match up with that? So you still maybe do want Roger McCreary over there. I don't know if you can find a mismatch for Roger McCreary. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you get somebody that's just can, you know, Anthony Schwartz type speed that they actually throw to, I think you look at it as you just defend them differently. Maybe you get a Jalen Simpson or a Drayshawn Miller, a more physical corner, and you beat him up at the bracket. line. Yeah, Maybe you bracket it over the top, and you, yeah, you, you just, just can't have a clean release with it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would agree with that. And okay. Then my number two, I really like Nehemiah Pritchett. Unfortunately, I keep seeing so much about him moving to that slot corner spot, so I know he's not going to be on the outside. I, I think there's a misconception, though, and uh, let me know if you agree or disagree with this. With it's you know the first corner and the second corner and the outside guys, and the third corner is just going to be moved to the inside. I don't think it's necessarily a first, second, third kind of thing. I think they Square, looked at you, it. You and, match up. Yeah, and it's like, okay, Nehemiah Pritchett is better at covering more space, so you put him in the middle of the field. I don't think it's necessarily like, okay, they like Jalen Simpson more than Nehemiah Pritchett, so they put him outside. I, I, I think there's a big misconception about that. That's a good point, and oftentimes you try and match up with the receivers on the other side, especially if you're running a lot of man coverage. That's a good point. Something I like a lot about Nehemiah Pritchett, I saw these stats out there, whether it was college football film room or pro football focus. I can't remember which one. I think it was college football film room put this one out. But he had like great account um, among 100% among one of the few returners (laughs) in the defensive backfield in the SEC. He had like one of the lowest yards per catch allowed out of everybody else, something like that, or yards per target. It was along it was along that range. He's not giving up a lot. Who, Who had this? Nehemiah Pritchett. Wow. He he has some attractive numbers pinned to his name coming back, whether it was yards per target, 
or, or yards per catch allowed. I can't remember and which, something, but they're probably hand in hand. And something that I think a lot of people, I mean, it's obvious, but I don't think people think about it a lot. But when you have a number one guy like a Roger McCreary, and Auburn has grown really accustomed to this, it allows you to put your number two and number three guys on their number two and number three guys. And so, like, it's just, it creates more winnable matchups and guys that aren't asked to step up as much, and, and you're able to to kind of win all those one-on-one matchups, and Pritchett's been great at it. 100%. And people are not going to throw to Roger McCreary as much. They want to stray away from throwing to Roger McCreary. You end up throwing to your to the twos and the threes in the in the defensive backfield and you expect to be able to win those matchups but Auburn it doesn't there's not a huge drop off at this point right. I mean, Roger McCreary is great but Pritchett and Simpson can play at the next level as well and so that lends a hand I, I either for that third spot I, I think it's either Dreshawn Miller or Jalen Simpson yeah I'm really high up on these West Virginia DBs because West Virginia last year statistically was the top secondary in all of college football. Gave up the least amount of pass yards per game in the entire country. And that and also as far as completion percentage is concerned, you know, quarterbacks were south of sixty percent against these guys. Yeah, so good. I, I he may have not have been third team all American like his safety counterpart transfer Tyke Smith was. Yeah. But he, he's he's going in a in a passing league where every quarterback seems like they could throw the football right. out in the Big Twelve and the receivers can play too. And it's not just three wide out there. A lot of it a lot of it's four wide when you look at some of those offenses. I mean the SEC West is getting to that point when you yep. look at what Alabama's done and LSU and Ole Miss and and, and Mississippi State with the air raid. I mean you you got you got Arkansas and Auburn that are probably the least pass happy teams in the SEC West at this point. But after Dreshawn Miller and Jalen Simpson, the there's a huge drop off. I feel like in the Auburn defensive backfield because we haven't seen any of them. I, just I think you're being too hard on Domeo. I think you're being too hard on Domeo. I think injury I was a big so. thing, and also last year. I mean, we didn't see any new guys last year, with the exception of Tennyson, and it's because we only saw him when when Tut got got hurt, and so it was like a necessity thing. I think they made a decision going into the year with this weird offseason that they had last year that they're like, okay, unless you're Tank Bigsby, we're just not going to play freshman. And I guess Capers when, when, when he was healthy. So, But on the defensive side, they didn't really rotate anybody in. They mm-hmm. stayed base a lot. There were like four, I think there were games where like only 16 defensive players played, something Having crazy like awful that. Awful flashbacks right now, man. Yeah, sure, sure. I and, hated and, Auburn's defense last season, probably more than I hated Auburn's offense. Wow, that's, that's, that that's says a, a lot. That's a juicy take. And, and you know why I did? Because I knew how talented yeah. the players were at at least the second and third levels. Right. And partially, I think the defensive line really messed things up for those guys at the second and third level i think they made them look a lot worse than they actually I agree were with you. Yeah. they obviously didn't help them and then you got you, you, look i know it's awesome that Zacoby mcclain averaged more than 10 tackles a ball game but it, it really shouldn't be that way yeah your defensive line should, you know he probably shouldn't have been the well, sec it, leader in tackles and, and last year's defense for sure this year's defense i think it's set up for linebackers to get more tackles because you want you want these these big defensive linemen to control two gaps and you know force double teams so linebackers can be unblocked so last year i 100 percent agree with you i think you're going to see similar numbers this year though um, but but yeah yeah I um I think a lot of Auburn folks have been low on Marco Domeo and I think it's just because there's not enough information out there's there. there's not though. there's not but I think when you hear from folks that it were at practice or you hear you know from former players talking about this team his name does come up and I think that's something worth noting now can he be very talented and, and, and be buried on the depth chart 
yes, both things can be true. But um, I, I'm high on Domi. I was really high on him last year, and, and I haven't really moved away from that. How much time does he have left here? Uh, I think it's this season or he's got to move on. Really? Well, then he's probably moving on because I, I think there's a massive logjam in front of him. And le- But the logjam may go away after this year. Right, because you that's why think, I asked that question. Because yeah. could he be back next season and just be a late emerger in his career and possibly have an outstanding final season in college football mm-hmm. and then take the next step to the NFL? Yeah, and, and, and I'm trying to think about the timeline for all of this. So McCreary's definitely gone. Right, you got to think Miller will be gone, but Simpson and Pritchett may not be. Exactly, they could. They could go. But, but I don't think it matters if they go to get Domeo on the field because Domeo just needs one yeah. or two guys to leave to see in a massive increase in playing time. Yeah, and I think Domeo is strictly um, an outside corner. The, the corner we have forgotten throughout all this is Kamal Haddon, the, uh, a top JUCO guy that has kind of been you know the, the 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 best corner in the in the second unit. And so it's like, could it be Domeo and Haddon or guys stepping up next year? Possibly. Uh, but but uh, you know Haddon's a guy that a lot of people are gushing over as well. So even if there's a mass exodus of defensive backs after this year, because you know you're at least losing Smoke Monday and Roger McCurry for sure. After those guys leave, though, if more guys decide to leave, as long as you're not losing your twos like Haddon and Domeo, just be patient. It could not be as bad as it looks. Yeah, it's just um, that's the way college football is right now, right? If you don't play right away, you got to transfer. Mm-hmm. That is that and, is very and true. And they should have that right. But, uh, you know, sometimes I think it pays to, to be patient. So, yes, more frustrated. That's my take. And I, I've given you my DBs, my, my three, or I, I will settle on. I'm going to go with, gosh, I don't know what to do here, whether it's Simpson or Miller. I, I, I don't know. It's so tough, man. I value Miller's experience. Obviously, this coaching staff really wanted him. That's the, like, you know, Dreshawn Miller is their guy. Right. They went and recruited him. He tagged Zach Guthridge in his announcement tweet. So, you know that this coaching staff wanted him. Not that they don't want Jalen Simpson, but they didn't recruit Jalen Simpson. Right. And so there's no guarantee that they have allegiance to guys that have been previously here. Jalen Simpson has one year of experience. Miller also only has one year of experience playing full-time defensive snaps. It's it's hard to evaluate because I didn't watch a whole lot of West Virginia football last year, as I'm sure a lot of people probably didn't. And right. then, and, but we've seen a lot of Jalen Simpson, and, and he's been good. I'm probably not as high up on him as you are, yeah. but I – it's just hard for me for me to choose between those two but sure. they're both going to be on the field a lot I, I think they're probably both on the field about the same amount that that is a cop-out answer but in this day and age where you, th- you see more four wide receiver sets I think you see both of them on the field a similar amount of time yeah like a dime package kind of thing right yeah yeah all right you were going NFL and I just totally interrupted you well we only have a couple of minutes left so maybe we'll just save that for hour number two I okay. want to go back to the juicy take the apparently that I had that I hated the Auburn defense last year more than the Auburn offense the Auburn offense just had and this is partially our the collective our fault as far as like the uh, the voices of Auburn and, and including you know the 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 fan base and the media and message board posters and all that but we just really pumped ourselves up on Chad Morris coming in and making Bo Nix Deshaun Watson I didn't my, my I had a podcast in January of last year said 
don't buy the Chad Morris hype. Well, I man, actually did. You, I was the only person it. probably. You now, nailed it. I will say this though. As I got to the summer, the optimism in me came out. I was like, hey, you know, maybe things work out. But my big thing about Chad Morris was, and I don't know if we saw this happen at Auburn, but my big thing about Chad Morris was I didn't know how the power dynamic was going to work between Gus Malzahn and Chad Morris. First of all, never work with your friends. Never borrow money from your friends. Uh-huh. Don't do that stuff. That's it. They just don't mix well, and it right. ends to it ends to bad. And it ends up ending poorly most of the time. But the other thing was, Gus Malzahn has always at Auburn been the smartest guy in the room. When you're talking about offense, mm-hmm. always he's yeah. always had subordinates underneath him. When Chad Morris came. He's already been a head coach. He's been in a position of power over the last you know, six, seven seasons since he had been at SMU and seen success and then also been at Arkansas. So my big thing with Chad Morris was, how is this going to work power-wise between him and Malzahn? How is that going to work? Because Malzahn, I don't think, is the smartest guy in the room anymore. I, I don't know if there is a smartest guy in the room anymore. And is he going to be okay with sharing that? And I don't know, maybe, maybe we did see Auburn run into some of the things that we saw him run into with Chip Lindsey and Rhett Lashley and the... Who's calling the plays and whatnot? Yeah, I just didn't. I never saw that working from the get go because I wondered about the power dynamic between the two. Yeah, and and it looked like it was Gus's plays and Chad was calling them. Is kind of you know the farther we get away from that situation and look back on it, that's kind of what it seems like. But I mean, just the the passing patterns and they would apparently run patterns that made sense in practice according to Anthony Schwartz, and then in games they wouldn't call them, and then like there were just some like. Issues with Bo Nix as far as him leaving the pocket too early and all that stuff that people love to talk about where it was like, you know, why didn't they fix that early on? But yeah, lots of questions. All right, those are the first two segments of uh, my time with Noah Garner, host of On the Line. Yesterday, a ton of fun. If you like those kind of conversations, which, I mean, it's pretty similar to what we do here. Um, He was just asking the questions and I was kind of answering them, so... Uh, but yeah, if you like that, please uh, please go give him some love. He's on Twitter at Point Gardner. And if y'all could tweet at him and say, hey, thank you for letting Zach use that. He really helped me out a ton today. This has been a crazy week. So, like I said, having surgery this week. Wild stuff. Wild, wild stuff. You guys are giving me a hard time about it in the Discord, too, and I really, really appreciate that. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter at ZBlackerby. Show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn. And on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow, I think, right here on Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.